<laughs> Hello and welcome to Hey Mando podcast on the Mercury Movie Blog Podcast Network, where we talk about The Mandalorian. Um, season two officially has begun. I am your host, Sean. I'm joined as always by my fellow host, Wade. Wade, how's it going? Dude, yes, Boba Fett. Yes, 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 yes. But yes. Mando. Uh, <laughs> it's a long-running joke here. It's a long-running joke. In my mind, since the beginning of Mandalorian, the Mandalorian character is just Boba Fett in my mind. It's just... Yes. It was only recently that I realized that he wasn't actually a Mandalorian. I only found that out through, you know, people talking about this show. and Yeah. So that's fairly new news to me. He's only a filthy pretender. Um, but yes, Wade likes to call every Mandalorian he sees Boba Fett. He has an obsession. But we are joined for the first time by Dean. Hi, Dean. How's it going? Hi, Dean. How's it going? It's pretty good. Thanks, guys. Um, just had a last-minute trip to get some um, power converters. Um, almost didn't make okay. it on time. Well, uh, we're glad you glad made it. Glad to be here. Excited to talk about Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Excited to have it, watch it, talk about it. Let's do it. I am so excited as well. But before we get into the episode, since uh-huh. this is Dean's first time on the show, I do have to ask him a couple questions. We'll try to keep it kind of brief. But the first question is, what is your Star Wars experience? Like, when did you first watch a Star Wars movie? How big of a fan are you? That kind of thing. Um, first brush with Star Wars was when the um, special editions the VHS in the, what is that, 96, 97, when those yeah. started coming out. I got the first one for Christmas and fully expected. I loved it, obviously, watched it religiously. It went into my small rotation of VHS tapes that I had. It was Star Wars, Ghostbusters, The Mask, Forrest Gump, and like two or three others that I just watched on road to Batman, 89 Batman. And I just rotated and Star Wars just went straight into that. And I assumed that the next year I would get the next one because it had the trailers for the it had the trailers for um, the other two at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh man, that looks cool. You know, this movie's (laughs) cool. That stuff looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I never got never got (laughs) the other ones. Um, I don't know how long the gap was with, with how they were released, but I just never got them, and I never had my own income or anything as a kid. So if I didn't get them for Christmas or a birthday, I didn't get to see the movie. Um, I didn't go to the theaters that much. So I didn't see the, um, actually end up seeing Empire and Return until after the prequels. I think probably in between two and three of the prequel movies that I actually ended up watching um, four and five, or two and three, um, depending on your perspective. But yeah, no, I've always been I've always considered myself a pretty big Star Wars fan. Honestly, I didn't see the, the um, Empire Return for a while, but obviously Star Wars is so just naturally ingrained in the culture. I knew the story like yeah. as well as anybody else who had seen the movie. Yeah. So it, it kind of didn't, it kind of wasn't even really a thing that I hadn't seen, but it just felt like I had, you know, so... Yeah. I'm a big fan, but I, I don't know the names of the, 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 the creatures and the stuff. I, you know, I know the basic ones. I don't mm. read really any of the books. Um, I've dabbled with the games, you know, but I, my, my wallet can only extend so far. And I've already got like comics <laughs> and other movies yeah. and yeah. everything else. So I can't, I've never fully dived into to the Star Wars universe as it, 
as I know a lot of other people have. But, you know, mm -hmm. I'm riding on the surface. I can hang a little bit. Perfect. Uh, and then what did you think of Mandalorian Season 1? I liked it. Um, I wasn't a bigger fan of, at first of, like, the, the kind of episodic nature of it and how, like, disjointed mm -hmm. it all seemed. Mm -hmm. um, but I enjoyed each episode as a as a stand as a standalone you know like a lot of people compared it to like rebels or clone wars which i hadn't seen mm -hmm. or haven't seen but i still thought it was really great in that you know in that kind of like just like extended universe kind of sense mm -hmm. that it wasn't attached specifically to anything else and we could kind of just hang you know low down with this coming villainy and that's what I've always wanted from a Star Wars TV show. You know, that's what I want more of in the movies, but obviously it works better for TV as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and they, they brought it all around in, in the last episode of, of season one. They tied it all back in and it all made sense, like in how all these little um, threads they all set up um, come mm -hmm. together. And they kind of, um, they, they do a good job at picking up some of those coming into season two. They do. Um, which I was surprised to see. Um, the is it the Amy Sedaris character? Um, yes. I, I, I thought oh, it was quite a neat choice to kind of just throw her in straight away because it kind of shows that we've already established kind of like a base group of of characters, mm -hmm. and now we're not just going to kind of start season two setting up new serial adventures. We're actually just going to like linger in the world that we've created a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So I liked that. I'm sure I'm getting ahead of myself into season two when you ask about season one, but that's it fine. seems relevant. So let's move into season two, episode one. Uh, the Marshall, I believe, is the name yes. of it. Yes, yes. the Marshall, yes. which we won't get too into it. So here's what we're going to do for anybody watching. First, like, we're at like six minutes now. So, like, next 10 minutes or so, non spoilers. We're not going to spoil anything from the episode. All we're right. going to go to break after that. When we come back, full spoilers, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to say names. We're going to say things. Everything is going to be full spoilers after the break. Names Until and then, things. Names and things. We're going to say names and things that happen. Um, Wade, you're sitting there like a, like a kid on Christmas. What did you think of season two, episode one, The Marshal? The best part was when Baby Yoda got shot in the face. That was amazing. Um, Everyone's no, talking about um, that part. Obviously, <laughs> that's not going to happen until the final season. Of uh, course. Uh, hopefully not. I love that. I hate at that least I'm season <laughs> three. Man, have a heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I really 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 enjoyed it, man. Um, I kind of I, I mean, there's like small like uh when he was uh, what what what's that broad's name again that. Uh, watches babysitter for the oldest uh, Yoda's baby, a baby Yoda babysitter. Yes, uh, baby Yoda babysitter. She, uh, like I don't know, he, he threw a lot of information. I thought that was odd to me. Uh, but I mean, other than that, there weren't really anything negative that I had about it. Um, it just great shots, like big, wide, open yeah. space shots of the uh, scenery and stuff when he's on the speeder bikes and. Uh, I just so so much cool stuff. The story was great. I really enjoyed the story, uh, and I and I enjoyed that it was longer than thirty some minutes too. That yeah. was really cool. Dean, what did you think about? Expected. 
Yeah, it was definitely longer than I expected. Um, what did it run for, like 43 minutes or something? 52. 52, wow, yeah. 52, yeah. Um, I don't like to check the time when I'm watching something because I don't want to ruin like how close it is to the yeah. end. So I, I, yeah. I didn't think to check beforehand and I just left it running. Um, to go off of um, what Jay was saying, I thought they packed quite a lot of story into the first one. We got a lot of um, exposition regarding new characters that, that the show was bringing in, um, even some flashback elements, which we don't often get in Star Wars full stop. Yeah. Um, so to get that kind of in-depth dive on a character, or even a new one in the first episode, I thought was quite surprising. They got a lot of exposition in there, which could have been too much, but mm-hmm. I think they did a good job. And to go to the um, cinematography as well, um, which is great on the wide shots. The wide shots always look fantastic, but is it just me or I felt there was a bit of a jar from some of the interiors down to the exteriors? Like they were really grimy, really grimy and dingy in those um in that bar or that little canteen yeah. or whatever they're in. And I get that they want you to feel that. Um, but I just, oh, it's so jarring because it was so bright outside. I, and again, yeah. I get that it's a desert planet with two suns. Yeah. But I don't know. It just felt more um, apparent to me than it has with, you know, even season one of The Mandalorian. I, I definitely felt the cinematography looks different this time. And I think even Baby Yoda looks a bit different this time round. I don't know if it's like a new model or if it's more CGI heavy than the previous season. Did anyone else notice or think that? I didn't notice it on Baby Yoda, but I definitely noticed that I thought the show looked better this season. Um, pretty yeah. much all overall. I get what you're saying about the the starkness, the stark contrast between the lighting in the outside shots and that one bar we go to. But um, the CG effects were fantastic. Um I thought Baby Yoda looked good. Uh, I thought he looked great. I just thought yeah. he looked different he somehow. He looked a little different. Maybe he grew um, up a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I but know. I thought, I thought if anything, he he looked kind of like smoother. Um, I thought he looked like less wrinkled and less detailed, or you know, if anything, he looked kind of younger in a way. Mm-hmm. Assuming that they age traditionally, which they don't, but you know, at least as far as the wrinkles, you know. Yeah. Those, those are only going to go one way with gravity. You've got that in every universe. Yeah. But I digress. I, I also don't think we got a whole ton of Baby Yoda in the episode. We so didn't. I feel whenever That's he came by, was I heard. passing. Mm-hmm. He literally serves no purpose in this. No. And, like, they kept cutting to him. Cute. They kept cutting to him, and I thought, oh, he's going to do something, and he's going to play a part in, you know, the, the thing that they're trying to do yeah. in the episode. Yeah, and but and I was thinking for him to have got involved in that might have been a bit too ridiculous. But they keep cutting to him, so you think something's going to happen, mm-hmm. and it might. But they keep you hanging on for that Baby Yoda yeah. periodically throughout. It's consistent. It's like every five ten seconds, cut to Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I get you want to remind you that he's there because it's a big draw. But they're definitely leaning into that. Which makes sense. Yeah, I I do hope that we're not as sparse with the force stuff this season. Since now we've established it, going like at the end of last season, 
we've established that this thing definitely uses the force and definitely does some crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, I really hope they don't they don't hold back on that. Show us a little bit. But as for non-spoiler stuff I want to talk about, I did not mention, but this episode was written and directed by John Favreau. I think almost all of se- season one was written by him. But I think we did the same the first time. I I think season one he wrote almost all of it except one episode <clears throat> somebody else wrote. But I mean, no, I think it was two episodes somebody else wrote. But regardless, uh, this was the first time he directed an episode on the show. Last season, he was too busy doing The Lion King. Um, yikes. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to do this show. But I think this episode was very well directed. Um, I think it's a pretty stark difference because in this pla- this episode, we revisit a planet from last season. And I think you can tell that when a more experienced director got his hands on those characters and those planets uh, or in that planet. I think it turned out better this time. Personally, um, the episode yeah. that we went to this planet last season is my least favorite <laughs> of last season. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I must admit when they said they were going there, I was a bit like already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was better this season for me, at least yeah. though. Sure. I, I, yeah. And it made sense how everything yeah. tied together. It made sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it. we got to find out at least a little bit of something from yeah. the past. Uh, but then it opened the door for what the, well, then what now? <laughs> so Well, and what now is what we're going to talk about in a minute. But I do have one last thing that I really want to talk about, non-spoiler, which is the soundtrack. I'm a big fan of season one soundtrack, I think. Um, what's the, what's what's his name? That does the soundtrack. It is Ludwig Göransson. Yes, thank you. That's exactly who it is. Um, <laughs> he, I, I love. Like, I know some people didn't love like the Rocky music from Episode One. That's what like kind of people call oh, that. Right, right. That was that terrible. Music, yeah. But I love. I think it. I that was care. more just it was a cheesy montage. I think yeah. was more the issue than that whole the, the music, music the itself. Montage, everything, all of that. Well, learning how to ride that thing. Don't even get me started. Well, you know what, Wade? I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I I think he hits it right on the head again. The music I think in this episode is incredible. I like it stands out, and that's what you want with Star Wars music in particular. I think that's something about um, Rogue One and Solo is the music to me, at least. There's a couple tracks in each movie that stands out, but to the mo- for the most part, a lot of the music in those two movies to me seems a little forgettable. So to have it stand out is important. Yes. Did you think um, he he did more classic Star Wars kind of sounding stuff in this season as opposed to the first one? Yes. Where it was much yeah. more, you know, it was until later on in the season we started getting some of the bigger, um, like mm-hmm. beats of of the, the um, like the orchestra and stuff. But we we mm-hmm. got quite a bit of that in in this just to like punctuate some of the the action beats and stuff. So he's definitely leaning more into that than the first time around, which was a little bit jarring, I think, like the first couple of times because I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. But but then you just learn to enjoy it. You know, it, it's yeah. just cool Star Wars music and I'm not yeah. going to complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Wade, do you have any real, real comments on the music or was it the music? It's great. It's great. I, I enjoyed it. Yep, it was great. Um, And it does, I always notice the music, obviously, because I hear it, but mm-hmm. I don't always pay attention to it. But I, I remember a couple of key moments uh, in this in this episode where I was specifically paying attention 
and even thinking to at one point i'm like that's an electric guitar dude that's awesome mm -hmm. being used mm -hmm. right now so yeah, yeah the music was great yeah i agree uh which is why i brought it up uh we talked about the length of the episode I, i'm pretty sure john favreau said a couple months ago that all the episodes are going to be more uniform in length this season I don't yeah. know if I'm making that up in my head, but I'm pretty sure he said that. It, it makes sense that he would. It seemed to be a fairly unified complaint, mm -hmm. if any complaints, from the season. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, I was glad that the episode was longer for like selfish reasons, but mm -hmm. it, I, it definitely didn't need to be as long as it would. They, they probably could have trimmed it down to a forty-five. There was a lot of those, you know, repeated yeah. establishing shots, and we are just yeah. on the same planet the whole time. But yeah. then they were some of the best looking shots in the in the thing, so I'm not going to complain. You know, yeah. I guess I did, but <laughs> oh well, <laughs> try um... not to. <laughs> no, but I I I guess I would expect to see longer episodes for the rest of the season. Then I'd say probably if, somewhere if around. That's the case. I'm down. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I don't really have anything else that we can talk about without spoiling stuff. <laughs> unless you guys have anything you want to bring up before we go. Dude, I am no, ready right. to spoil all, right, all over everybody's freaking faces, dude. Okay. I'm well, before Wade does that, let's go to break, and you guys can hear about all the other shows on the Merc with the Movie Blog Network. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosting Beyond the Screen, but now here at Movie Record the Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Stream. So join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related and when we, I guess, get to the Game Over Screen. I don't know. I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might. Jay Wade here to tell you about SCN After Live, our SCN Live After Show, where we talk about, well, whatever Christian Brett and the rest of the crew talk about, the insanity that ensues. So join us each week here on Merc with the Movie Blog feed on your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube now on the SCN After Live channel. Talk to you then. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed.
We are back. Check out all of their shows. They are so great. Uh, love doing them. Love being a part of them. But now it's time to talk full spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, The Marshal. Do we start with the big thing? Or do we, do we, do you, is, do we want to talk about the smaller stuff first? Oh, man, I can't believe they had Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Am I right? That was great. I'm going to be a jerk for a moment, Wade. Technically, we don't know that that's Boba Fett. We no, don't. It, it, we don't it know could, that for a fact. It could be it could, any one any number of clones. Yeah. of clones. But it come on, it's Boba it's Fett. Come on, it's Boba Fett. It's basically He's Boba Fett going away. I feel like they're going to pull the rug out from under us on if it's actually the Boba Fett at some point. Maybe he doesn't even know if he's the real Boba Fett. Maybe that's something they can play with and kind of get a little bit Blade Runner around us. Who knows? But I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. I'd be fascinated by that. I don't know if they want to mess with cloning right now after that last movie. I think maybe they just want to... Well, and if they're going to mess with cloning, then they need to just keep it isolated to Baby Yoda because that seems to be why... The the uh, moth Gus is looking for the baby in the first place is because of cloning, and we all know that the reason that he's looking for Baby Yoda for cloning is to help Palpatine uh, in his cloning process. Palpatine is behind all of this. They could, but I don't think that they will do that. Uh, that is maybe the they... theory. Did you wait? Like I've been right about think... some shit. I've been right. I feel like they had that as an option, but maybe based on reception to certain plot lines, they might steer away from that. But I I think it's open-ended enough that that, that they can have that leeway. That's that's when not to have a plan is stuff like that. But the movies themselves have a plan. Yeah, please do that. They were flexible in all the wrong places. But anyway... Yes, Boba Fett is at the end of the episode. It would seem it's definitely Tamora Morrison. Um, one of the best shots of the episode. You see those twin suns cool. as the, the aspect ratio goes back down to a normal oh, camera. We we got a great phrase in this episode, which was um, both is it both the suns can shine on a wombat's oh, tail or yeah, something? So, He's talking about yes. being lucky. Yeah, um, there was a bunch of stuff like that in this episode that really just like fleshed out the culture of yes. tattooing which made me not hate being there it actually they <laughs> it had something to add to it as opposed yeah. to like oh look we're on tattooing yeah which uh, it did as well but it did both i do want to say in regards to boba fett i had i told wade i had something to say about boba fett and i do have something to say about boba fett are you nervous wade no, I'm stoked because I'm really... stoked and I've been okay. saying that from the very beginning. I will say this is the coolest Boba Fett has ever looked. That yeah. one that one turned to camera because Dean, I'm not a big Boba Fett fan. Um, I was very. I don't get it when people say this. When they say they're not. Yeah, Boba Fett's I, cool. I, I That's just, it. It's just undisputable. I like Django better. I won't lie. I like Django better. Oh. That's. Or not Django, but Django Fett, yes. That's a different that's a different talk. But anyway. Boba Fett, <laughs> I've never been a huge fan of. I, I, I don't really like the way he goes out in Return of the Jedi. And 
I will say this is the most excited I've ever been to see Boba Fett in my life because he just looks so cool at the end of the episode. I saw a great theory online, by the way, that people were pointing out that he's kind of, he's got sand people weapons, Tusken Raider weapons. Mm-hmm. And um, he almost looks like he's kind of wearing the outfit a little bit. And so I saw a theory online that maybe he was oh. one of the Tusken Raiders in the episode. Oh, wow. That, that would be awesome. That he was trying to get close to Cobb Vanth to take the armor. And that's why he's now watching Mando because he saw the handoff and is now going to go after uh, Jin Jaren. And I oh, think wow. that is that'd a be great pretty good. idea. And he'd be the only useful Tusken Raider because they go out. They, they kill so... <laughs> In this episode, they do two things. They humanize the Tusken Raiders more yeah. than they've ever done before. And then they murder them. Just more. I think more Tusken Raiders die in this than in Attack of the Clones. When they, it's when they, when they set up that Bantha to get eaten, and then the yeah, great dragon is like, fuck the other you, guy. no. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> the, the thing is, even when they team up later on with the townspeople, for some miraculous reason none of the townspeople are getting randomly chomped and eaten it's still the tuscan raiders are constantly in the way yeah Yeah. and i felt like that was a bit of a slap in the face if you're going to humanize them in the same episode which they did really well which was fun to watch interaction between the two groups like when like for example when there's there's fighting going on you see tuscans helping up tuscans and humans helping up humans but none of them helping each other up when they celebrate at the end they're tuscan hugging tuscan human hugging human i noticed that in both viewings and i i did to be honest if I was being really cynical about this episode, I'd say it was a little bit heavy-handed with the social commentary, a little bit. But and then I think uh, it didn't you know, follow it, through, though. Like, wait a sec. I feel like it wouldn't have bugged me as much because, like, then yeah, it, it, it hits the the social commentary really hard, but then doesn't execute it. Yeah, because no, it doesn't they resolve don't, interacting with each other. Yeah, they they still continue to just stick to their own groups. You know, they don't intermingle oh, that well, much. I will say, though, it does appear, correct me if I'm wrong, it does seem like he's going to be staying there or he's not like, you know, in the first season, every episode ended pretty much with him flying off to a new planet. Well, I think we get that in this one. No, I... And it seems that we might stay here. We might. I I think Boba Fett's going to start shooting at some point. I don't think we get off this planet before Boba Fett uh, attacks Mando. I mean, because like... Uh, You think that's more likely than Boba Fett stealing a ship and tr- and tr- like yeah. stalking him. Yeah, I think it's more likely that he'll attack him while he's still on, still on Tatooine. Fair enough. But why does Boba Fett have such investment in Mando? Because if correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not up on all the extended and everything else. But he he doesn't follow any Mandalorian like rules or anything, does he? Boba Fett kind of just does his own thing anyway. So why would he yeah. have a vendetta against Mando? The I think it's just the armor. Well, I don't yeah, think the, the yeah. he just wants. He's just like, oh, shiny armor. Me once. Well, I, I mean, I think would... about it, that was his dad's armor, wasn't it? Um, no, because this is a new armor that he built that Mando's been oh, creating right. throughout. Uh, blue and silver. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. But equally still, shiny. I, I would imagine it's sentimental to him. Yeah. Being the only the only clone that that Django wanted to not be enhanced in any way and raised as his own, I, I would say it probably has some sentimental value. But 
Yeah, that's my guess. He just wants his armor back. I mean, why has he just been watching for this long and not taking it? So really? I have a theory. I have a theory. The way things lined up in the episode, the way it was explained, and it's vague enough that my theory could easily just be me filling in blanks. But I'm I'm wondering if they made it sound like the the Tuscan Raider attacks didn't start until Cobb Vanth already had the armor. I wonder if Boba Fett was trying to get the Tuscans to attack the town so that he could get the armor back from Cobb Vanth. What made Maybe. you think that though? Because I what that's I heard deep, that's some deep espionage. What all I think I heard that'd be cool as hell. That he uses the armor to help protect the people from the Tuscans. But so I I took from that 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 he was using the armor as a defense against them attacking them first. I don't know. I thought they he mentioned a specific incident mm. that is the reason that the Tuscans are mad, where he says something like, they came in and attacked us and I killed twice as many of them, mm. which to me seemed like it wasn't an ongoing engagement between the two factions. It was, right. there was an attack, he killed a bunch of them and they're mad at him now. Yeah, there uh, was a specific uh, yeah. incident. yeah. And my thought is that maybe Boba Fett instigated the incident in Very an attempt well, to yeah. get the armor back from Cobb Vanth. I, I, I think that sounds like a cool thing for Boba Fett to be doing. To yeah. me, because again, Boba Fett's never been super cool to me. I think he's kind of a punk that gets beat up a lot. So I need this him to your, be a badass. This is your way, that's your way for him to be cool without him doing yes. backflips and... Yes. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. That's not. Show us he's smart, you know? Um, and I, I would have. If I, he's I just, that smart, he would have, surely, he wouldn't have hung around this long and not have gotten his armor back. Because, you know, they are just all Tuscan raiders and townsfolk. That's so true. So it just seems to me that he he's playing a long game that involves Mando specifically. How uh, did he use the armor in the first place? I mean, how did the Jawas get the armor in the first place is my question. I feel like we're going to get another flashback that covers that. We got a flashback for Timothy Oliphant's character in this. I don't remember the character's name. Um, We got got a flashback for him. I feel like in a later episode, we could get a flashback that covers Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit. Because that's what we want to see. Yeah. I yeah. forgot to bring this up, but I do want to bring up the picture of Boba Fett because uh, Wade reminded we do reminded me we do have pictures. That is Boba Fett at the end of the episode, the the That's badass I was talking job. about. It's so good. He looks so cool, but like he's got a gaffa stick, yeah, and he's got like the kind of range weapon that they use. So I'm thinking he was one of the Tuscan Raiders in the episode. I, I. I think it'd be super cool if we get an episode eventually where it kind of shows us his perspective of that first episode. Mm. I, like, like maybe we see a scene of him trying to take the armor during the fight and something happens. I um, mean, how long has he been living with them? Maybe he, we see him crawl right out of the Sarlacc pit, Tuscan Raider, knocks him out, takes his yeah. outfit, and, yeah. and then lives blending in until, until now, waiting for the right pieces to for whatever yeah. to fall into place. That would be what pretty really badass to do. Tuscans. Like, what if what if at the fire scene, he was that main Tuscan that the Mandalorian was talking to? And, he, oh, and that's maybe why he was even more on edge toward the Marshal 
is because he's sitting right there with this guy while he's wearing his armor. Um, and that's some, that's some method level acting. I'd yeah. predict pretty cool if they if they if they can sell it. Oh, did we lose him? You're a little choppy there, Dean. I think we're losing you. I think we lost Dean. Oh, Oh, is he back? He's back. He's back. Am I back? Yes, you are back. I'm back. Um, sorry, guys. As I was saying, if you told me that somebody was going to be riding around on a pod racer engine, I would have said you was insane. <laughs> and we get that as well. And it works. That is one of the coolest vehicles I've ever seen with the little side seat. Yep. That is amazing. That is cool, dude. And you know what that is. It's, it's Anakin's. Or not, yeah, yeah. It's I, I it is? It, was of similar, it looks like it with the yellow blade. Dude, that's um, definitely half of the Anakin's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's actually what he's sitting in is the actual cockpit of a pod racer, isn't it? Yeah. It's, Dude, it's I, didn't, well, I didn't even put together that that was a pod racer, uh, a part of one, until Dean just said it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Apparently, there's loads of stuff like that in this episode. This is one of the few ones that I picked up on, but apparently there's loads of allusions to the, the Chuck Wendig books and... The um, Knights of the Old Republic, but I, I don't really know yes. those. I was like a child on Christmas morning when I figured out what they were going to fight in this episode because Crate Dragon, uh, you, you you take down a Crate Dragon in Knights of the Old Republic. Um, and it, actually, the exact way that they do it in Yeah, the this episode, mission was basically lifted out of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, I mean, uh, you go into that event in the game with the plan to use the bantha to blow it up whereas in this they kind of stumble into that plan but the exact same Stop. way he he eats it <clears throat> boom blows up um but and then i will say i don't know if we're going to come back to this but it, it might be important so i'll throw it out there the crate pearl that the tuscan raiders they lingered on out, that that can be used as like a crystal and a lightsaber in Knights of the Old Republic. It's really? like it can be used like a kyber crystal. Yes. Wow. So I don't know if we're they gonna see something. Lingered on that. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna come back to that, but it, it definitely felt like they were going, don't forget the the only thing that could have made this episode better for me is if they, we had gone into the cave and there was just like it, it, the star map is what you go there for in Knights of the Old Republic. It's like okay, it's okay. part of a map. So if we had just seen the star map in the corner of the Crate Dragon Cave, I would have been like, yes. But no, that was I. That would have been too much. But um, yeah, Did the they dragon was... have the acid bread, acid blood in the game because that that was pretty. I was I didn't think they was going to go there. I should have thought they was no. going to go there, but then I was so actually cool. surprised when it happened. I don't and think so. more Tuscan Raiders got banned. I picked up on that too, and that was a couple things that I I noticed that they took from the legend stuff. Is yeah, because uh, well, just it, to not really took it directly, but uh, Sarlacc pit and the Sarlacc uh, had acid to digest its system, and everyone always talked about you know how did mm-hmm. Boba you know Boba's armor uh, saved him from the acid, and then this dragon thing has the acid it spits out. Uh, mm-hmm. In the legends, it, you know, it's thought that Boba Fett crawled out of the Sarlacc yeah. pit. 
the Mandalorian went into the dragon and then ended up coming at, back out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed those two things, and Ooh. they were pretty cool. Yeah, and he would have probably encountered some acid on the inside. Now, it's funny yeah. you should yeah. say, because um, when you were saying about how good he's, um, the, the Boba Fett costume looked, I was thinking, you know what, actually some of it looked a little bit too good. And now that you're talking about the armor and everything, I think obviously the armor was inside the the Sarlacc pit, but the the rest of the outfit probably is Timothy Oliphant's character. It is, yes. But you can see where the armor looks old and rusted, and the um the cloth underneath looks, you know, brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I thought about that too. That's obviously uh, uh yeah. Con- regular attire underneath yeah there. just from this shot here where he's standing there just from the body language you can see that's not over fair the other no. it's just the his frame dude um, that's death bullock from deadwood straight up yeah i mean he played right. that character anyway but the way he was sitting there standing there in that pose he looks yeah. so fucking great dude dude i loved I him in the episode yeah, yeah. yeah he actually auditioned to, um, for the role of Star-Lord in the MCU. Oh, um, really? And this is, yeah, and this is, um, and I always, that was always one of my, you know, oh, that would have been cool castings, and this mm-hmm. was basically as close to seeing that as mm-hmm. I'm ever going to get. So he was great, but I knew straight away that was in Boba Fett, and I'd heard that he was in it, and I didn't put the pieces together in my head until, obviously, he took the helmet off. Which is great where we see Mando's reaction to him taking the helmet off. It's all like a fuck you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He did not tell like that. He was wondering how they were going to have a drink with their helmets on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what is yeah. this guy doing? Oh, no. <laughs> um, no. I will say, when I realized what was happening, when they say there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine, and then the title of the episode was revealed to be the Marshal, I did squeal yeah. like a little schoolgirl. Because I've read the Aftermath books. And this is, if I'm remembering correctly, this is the first time that a character from a book has crossed into the live action series. Except I guess Snap is Temin in the Aftermath book. So technically he would be the first. But this was a big deal for me. Because I've always kind of complained that I read all of these books and they don't ever really do anything with them. Um... Even in like the animated shows, they very rarely actually tie in. So yeah. seeing, realizing it was going to be Cobb Vanth, and Cobb Vanth is such a throwaway character in that book. He's an interlude chapter. Like literally, he's not even the focus of the book. It's they cut in the first Aftermath book, they cut to like different characters throughout the galaxy in interlude chapters, and he's one of them. Oh, so nobody puts Timothy Oliphant in an interlude. No, no. <laughs> uh, and just, I mean, It was so cool to see him, and in what I think is the best action sequence we've seen in the show yet. I mean, look at them together. It is. It was pretty cool. I mean, part of me couldn't get it out of my head that this was John Favreau just living out his action figure nerdgasm. Yeah, yeah. But I I was in for it. You know, no, nothing could have ruined. You know, just the just the pure joy of it, you know, it's like watching like the Rocketeer, you know, mm-hmm. there, was some, yeah. there was some class A action, especially on TV, you know, when I realized that they were doing like a big giant dragon creature, I, yeah. I did get a little bit concerned. Yeah. I, and I thought, oh, we're just going to see like, you know, it's nose it pop incredible. out and it's going to look really cheap, you know, 
because as soon yeah. as we see the um, the rumbling, I'm like, oh great, this is tremors in Star Wars. <laughs> but I always think it's Dune. Yeah, Dune. Yeah. Tremors. I actually think that the um the trailer for the new Dune movie kind of looks like Christopher Nolan directing a Tremors remake. <laughs> um, but anyway, mm-hmm. it's the same ballpark. But yeah, they pulled that off really well. It could have been really lame and cheesy. In the first season, when you first see the jetpack, it looks kind of cheesy. Yeah. Um, when the when the guy flies past and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was uh, so cool in this episode when they're flying that. around. Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That scene was awesome when they went up to the top of that ridge and that thing was up there with them and just all of that was really it was really well done. The entire fight was like when the yeah. when the when the crate dragon is coming out of the cave and the aspect ratio expanded. So they uh, did they shoot some of that with IMAX cameras? Cause that eight that eight minute anything. sequence, like it looked like it looked like the IMAX aspect ratio. Like they it makes a big deal of the the aspect ratio expanding, and that eight minute fight sequence is like incredible. It looks I mean, so good. It could be. I mean, they probably got a couple of IMAX cameras lying around yeah. on the Disney lot. They're just like, yeah, throw an eight minute yeah. IMAX sequence in there. Why not? Not making any movies with that. them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hope we get more because it just it looked it looked so good. That entire action sequence to me looked absolutely yeah. incredible. Every part it, of it. It's definitely set a high bar. It's set a high bar, and yes. if every episode is going to be the same length as well, then we're getting pretty close to like cinematic territory. You know, not just in the length, but the the quality as well. So, um, when I was here for yeah. that, yeah, when I was watching that battle scene, it was the first time I've thought like, all right, this is on the same level of Game of Thrones uh, as Game of Thrones. Like when we saw that big action sequence and the camera was so like you saw so much of the field and everything looked so, yeah. so good. It was like, all right, this is like, this is like it felt like they were spending Game of Thrones money to make this at, at this point. And it, I thought it looked incredible. I was really impressed. All round, hard to hard to find any complaints, really. Yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go on. Sorry, that's right. Uh, I was just going to say we were talking about John Favreau uh, directing it, and one of the things that really stood out to me is with the character of I think her name is Peli Moto, uh, Amy Sedaris's character, but. She's good as well. Yes. I was not a super big fan of her character last season. Um, I wasn't... I think a lot of people felt that way. I didn't hate her or have any particular feelings about her in season. But people seemed to feel negatively. But I thought she was great in this. Yeah, I I really liked her this episode. I thought she was better than Hey Mando last season, but... um, (laughs) Hey Mando! Hey Mando! Uh... With with her this time, I definitely felt like it. It definitely felt like last season because this was Dave Filoni's episode last season. It felt like she was being directed, like he would direct one of the voice actors in like Clone Wars or Rebels. Like she's very, very cartoonish in last season's episode to me, and she keeps some of that in this episode. But I, I, she felt way more grounded to me, and I think that's just a different director's touch, you know. even so I, even I the really comedy with the the comedy bitch with the um the pit droids, yes. that stuff can get, can get tend to get lame quite easily. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit biased. I, I've got a fondness for the pit droids. I've always loved the pit droids, so I'll eat that up anyway. But I thought that was handled quite well. Yeah, um, it could have been too silly. I think last season when we did that episode, I freaked out that the pit droids were in them. I think I was like, the pit droids are here, Wade. Um, <laughs> I did and not I'm think they would go there. Great, uh, these stupid little effing droids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the droid from A New Hope is was back again. Uh, the R five. R five. Even has yeah. the even has the scarring from where the uh, this yeah. R five unit's got a bad motivator. You know, like yeah, they reference uh, that in in the first season as well. Yeah, yes. and they keep bringing it back. Like how it's still going. I have no idea. Who knows. But I will say that I felt because I did feel last season that the references were a little heavy-handed. I think that was my main complaint with last season when Ray and I were talking about it. There were a lot of references in this episode. It didn't bother me as much this time, and I don't know if that's just because I'm used to it at this point, or if they're handling it more deftly. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Some of them are a little bit vague. Um, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I say I'm a pretty casual fan, but I know a bit about mm-hmm. the law and stuff. And I didn't pick up on the the, the game, the game reference, yeah. and the um, and, and most of that um, bothered me that much. But I, I just, you know, it just felt everything just felt grounded, you know, in something, mm-hmm. and it was all treated mm-hmm. as, you know, as such. So that, you know, it just made it feel more lived in, mm-hmm. even though I didn't necessarily know what was something, what wasn't something. It just yeah. made it. It didn't. It didn't feel cheap. Nothing felt cheap or out of place. Like like an object in a video game that's a glow, so you know you have to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. I, I, I'm looking at a. I've got a plot summary of the episode up on the other screen, so I can uh, kind of be reminded if there's anything else that I want to talk about. But really, I think I kind of covered oh you know what i do want to talk about wade you're making the fight symbols um the fight at the very beginning of the episode is that what you're referring yes, to that whole going into that club yeah. and the fight in the arena with those those warthog pig men whatever they are uh from return of the jedi i love those the Morians. Kid. yeah um that whole scene was pretty sweet man as far as yeah. like them fighting was cool and then We'd already seen it in the trailer, but of course it's always cute to see Baby Yoda sees the little whistling birds light up, and he's like, oh, shit, F this, and like yeah. get his little shell. Um, but yeah, that was that was really good. And of course, of course, anytime someone says to you, I won't, you know, I'm not going to kill you, or you won't die by my hand, that doesn't mean you're going to yeah. Dude, it just yeah. means that person yeah. is gonna do you in. Yeah. But that was great, you know. Uh, you know, you won't die by my hand, and we all knew what that meant, dude. It was great. Yeah. Told you I was gonna kill you last. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I I I thought that fight sequence in the bar was fantastic. I thought that it was shot really well because you know usually in a lot of shows and even movies when you get into hand to hand combat, you cut around it. You got really quick cuts. Especially when there's heavy costumes involved. Yes. But they kind of just stuck the camera there. And I mean, they they cut a couple times, but it wasn't a lot of really quick cuts. Whenever they cut, they let it hang there for a second and they let you really see the action. And I thought it was great. Yeah, that was really well handled. Um, It didn't didn't feel too rushed. It just 
just felt just natural or as natural yeah. as being in a fight in a bar with some aliens can be, yeah. but relatively natural. It was a big fan. And, you know, Every- so I was going to say the hand-to-hand combat isn't necessarily something that I come to Star Wars mm-hmm. expecting. So it's just, mm-hmm. if it's done well and it doesn't feel out of place, then, you know, uh, it's all gravy. And I like how it was their battle axes, but it looked like it just it, it didn't have the handle on it, the shorter handle. But yeah. I like how it was those axes that they carried in Return of the Jedi. That was sweet. Whenever I see the vibro knife, it just makes me happy. Mm, yeah. Because vibro blades and vibro knives have always been a big part of the video games. It's like, how do you explain somebody fighting a Jedi, right? Or like, how do you explain fighting yeah. a lightsaber? Well, you, you got the vibro blade. It, I didn't can... even get what that was until you just said it and it makes sense yeah. now and i hate yeah. that mechanic in games but i get that it's yeah. a necessity yeah but i was thinking like why are their blades kind of bouncing weirdly they're not you know i want i want them to to, to fight yeah and yeah i was i was like i thought it was like some kind of safety thing they had on because so, it was just like sport fighting or whatever mm-hmm. um but that makes total sense now yeah, so I, he pulls out the vibro knife at one point last season, and I freaked yeah. out. And in this season, oh, when he did yeah, it again, yeah. I was like, oh, "It's a vibro knife!" Like, I guess the way it moves, because we had never really, as far as I can tell, we've never really seen it done outside of video games. Right, but right. I just, I really, I really love it. I think it looks great. Uh, it, it could yeah. very easily not look good, <laughs> you yeah. know. It's a weird effect, but I think it works. Yeah, I agree. And it made sense to the to the story. It wasn't just in there. Yeah. Completely yeah. made sense that they would be using those in that in that environment. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about spoilers? Spoiler wise? Not really. All right, here's well, what we're gonna do. We go? Here's what I wanna know, Dean. You right now are the person that knows everything. All right. You know everything. So tell me. What's going to happen in episode two? Where are we going? Okay, so episode two, we are on Tatooine again for the okay. first time in two planets, or one planet <laughs> in, in two episodes. Um, well, we've got the... Um, what do they see um, the eye thing? Because they definitely focused on that, and that was such a major thing in my head. The the, the, the pearl? Um, the pearl, yeah. I wonder. I, I don't know if they'll... I feel like if they come back for it, it would be after they maybe meet a Jedi. Because I feel like he'd need to know what he needs it for, which is he would... Right. If he were to take it, he'd need it to build a lightsaber. So... Talking about Jedi real quick, you think yes. it's weird that the Mando didn't know what a Jedi was, but everyone casually uses phrases like let the Force be with you and everything like that. They do. Amy Sudaris says a force yeah. thing, and it, it comes yeah. up m- multiple times, but it's referenced that he didn't know what a Jedi was until he he finds Baby Yoda. So it's just... The new, the new canon has put a heavy emphasis on how few Jedi there actually were during the prequel trilogy. I think they say that there's like a thousand or something, like total. Like, yeah. it, there are not a lot. And... Uh, they also talk about they've they've done well they've done a big job of like showing people that believe in the force that aren't Jedi, like we see um, yeah. 
Baze and uh, and Chirrut in uh, yeah, Rogue yeah. One, and that's uh, Lor Santeca's like little cult that he had on on Jakku at the beginning of the Force Awakens. They're part of like the Church of the Force. So, I the problem is they haven't done a really good job of yeah showing that they 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 talk about it a lot in like books and stuff, but right. they don't yeah. ever really show it in any of the material, but. From what they've put forward, from what I gather, I've kind of got this image in my head of Jedi being something that you, even if you were in the times of the prequels, the odds of you meeting a Jedi were slim still because of how few of them there really were. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably not going to do anything with the Pearl and make this. There's, there's nobody around that way that's going to be using that in any capacity. Doesn't seem likely. Maybe it does. I have a couple. Unless Ezra comes into play later on. Ezra or or Ahsoka. I mean, but more likely Ezra if we're if we're talking about a Jedi specifically Jedi influence. Yes, that but would I don't be Ezra, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be a Jedi. I I because anybody with the Force, you know. Um, well, that's true. We have established that you don't have to be a Jedi to have the Force. Yeah, I'm assuming that the way Ahsoka fits into all of this, and again, I know very mm-hmm. limited about the, the animated series, but I would presume that Ashoka is tracking the Darksaber and she comes into conflict via that avenue as opposed to directly with anybody. So, like, they're, they're after, you know, Gideon's coming for them for, yeah. for, for baby Yoda and she's chasing down Gideon because she wants the, um, the Darksaber he shouldn't have it, um, or some, or it's, it's he would challenge him for it. Is that what that happens? Well, Ahsoka well, right now that don't belong to him, so there'd be no challenge. If I'd say if they're looking again, for I don't know the the semantics of how the dark saber works. It belongs to the Mandalorians. Yeah, it um, belongs to the Mandalorians. So yeah, it, well, the last person it belonged to was Bo Katan. I'm pretty yes. sure Bo Katan had it last uh, before somehow. Um, so is Ahsoka working on, on behalf of Okatan? The last time we saw Ahsoka, her and Sabine at the end of Rebels were headed off to go find Ezra. So I don't think her and Sabine are going to find the Mandalorian. I think he'd have to find them. Because if it would, it would seem to me that they'd be pretty set on finding Ezra. I don't think they would be all that involved in the stuff happening happening with uh, Gideon. Unless they found Ezra already. Unless they found Ezra, or if Sabine finds out that this dude has the Darksaber, maybe they would have been, all right, we'll put the search for Ezra on hold, because Sabine would be very, very, very interested in getting it back. It wouldn't so much be... they would come back from the Unknown Regions without Ezra, though, or without knowing where he was? Because, I mean, they'd have to be back from there, which means they either found out what happened to him or they didn't or they found him and he came back or you know what I mean? I think if they've been out there long enough without a clue as to where he is and they find out that the Darksaber is in the hands of this Grand Moff, I think Sabine would probably be like, all right, we got to put Ezra on hold. We've been out here for like a year. We haven't found him. I got to get the Darksaber back. It's important to me. And how closely um, can this show skirt to that without having to stop and explain all of that to anybody who hasn't seen Clone Wars? Yeah, 
That's so a good question. So you've got to assume that they, they don't go to, into that as much as you just laid out. Is that, yeah. That's a lot to, yeah. to exposition to fit into an episode or even I, multiple. I think the way it'll happen is they will run into uh, – they will, it'll either be that they're looking for a Jedi and somebody says, I saw one come through mistaking Ahsoka to be a Jedi and that leads Mando to Ahsoka. That's one way I think it could happen. Or I think the second way it would happen is they run into Sabine. Well, like if Sabine is looking for the Darksaber, that's how they meet Sabine and Ahsoka. And then at the end of the Sabine and Ahsoka episode, they're like, we got to go find a friend, bye. And they head off. And then it's like, stay tuned for the Rebels sequel airing on Disney+. Plus, Like, because uh, eventually they have to finish that story. They have to do another show about Ezra and Thrawn and everything happening. In yeah, the they do region. have to. So yeah. I guess the connection to be made, if we're going to kind of try and plot it out, is how do we get from Mando at the end of this episode to Boba Fett and then from Boba Fett to searching for a Jedi and or Ahsoka would, would presumably be the kind of trajectory you'd be I, looking yeah. at in that scenario. Boba yeah, Fett I, would be the one to point him in the direction of further, you know, things or people that he hadn't considered who wouldn't be necessarily Mandalorians, but yeah. useful or knowledgeable in some other capacity, i.e. an Ahsoka or, you know, mm. one of those guys. Um, I don't know. I, I think that... Well, regardless of what Sabine and Ahsoka are doing, I think it's just going to be as simple as um, the Mandalorian is going to a specific city or town looking for another Mandalorian. Let's say it very well could be Bo-Katan. And we saw from the trailer the hooded figure, uh, Sasha Banks. I think that's Sabine. So I think it's one of them where it's just that random, where where uh, the Mandalorian gets a lead and he's looking for a Mandalor for Mandalorian. It could be Bo Katan, and he goes to this place, and then he's walking by, and Sabine Sabine just happens to be standing there and sees him. And and knows you know something's yeah. going on here. Maybe yeah. she even sees Baby Yoda uh, in tow behind him. She's surely seen the Yoda species. She knows Yoda. I'm, I think, doesn't she? Or uh no, I think no, only no, one of them. Ahsoka does. Ahsoka would know Yoda. She's aware of Yoda species, but you know, Dude, oh, you I, get what I, I'm saying. She sees the Mandalorian and is like, "This dude is somebody." And yeah. then she and say Bo-Katan. Or like, you know, blah, 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 they hook up. I could see that. I could see uh, I could see Sabine and Bo-Katan being introduced together before we meet Ahsoka. Like, say, at the moment, uh, say Sabine and Bo-Katan are together, they meet the Mandalorian, and at the time they meet him, uh, Ahsoka is off doing something else at the moment, and then she gets back the next episode. That's um, how you do. You like build. That. You build up to it. Ahsoka is definitely the main course in that trio. Mm-hmm. That's the one that people w- would want to see. Yes. So I would imagine it would probably go that way, like you're saying. Um, another question: How how soon does Timothy Oliphant screw over M- the Mando to try and upgrade to get his armor? I don't he... think we see Timothy Oliphant no. ever again. I think that I was think it. they're good. No, I think they're in a good. Yeah, spot. I think that was it. I think that was uh, it for his character. 
you don't think we're going to bring some of the characters in later on? Like we, you know, we we got Maybe. Amy Sedaris back. We can get Timothy oh. Olive on. God damn it! I mean, we <laughs> might get him back next season. He might go back to Tatooine and be like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" But I don't think we're going to see him again this season. I think that was his appearance this season. Yeah, my you're theory. Uh, my my guess for the next episode, um, before we wrap things up, I'll say, I think Boba Fett gets resolved next episode. I think whatever is going to happen with Boba Fett happens next episode. We think we're done. And then I think Tamora Morrison shows up in a couple episodes as Rex. And we're like, we get a moment of Mando being like, ah, either being like, hey, uh, you yeah, said we yeah. were cool or I fucking killed you or something. Like whatever happens with Boba Fett. We have a moment where he's like, uh, you, yeah. I've met you already. But I think that next episode we're going to resolve the Boba Fett stuff and it's going to be a like, oh, Tamora Morrison gone. He's only in two episodes, but then yeah. he'll show up again later and it'll be like, oh, so he's Rex. You, you think next episode we'll get a Boba Fett flashback and then yes. he dies at some point Maybe. in the episode? I think he's going to live and I think Mandalorian's going to give him his armor back. Yeah, either Mando will kill him or they'll be cool by the end of the episode. I don't think it ends any other way. I don't I think, think there's any way... I think oh, they're man. gonna end. They're just gonna end on good terms, or at least, at least decent terms. I just, I think Mando is gonna give oh, man. his armor back in the end, and then sail off into the sunset. I'm thinking about it. I'm getting chills. Of <laughs> Mando puts the armor back on Boba Fett after he helps him in some way, and That'd he dies, dope. and he gives oh. him finally gives him the Mandalorian funeral that Boba Ooh. Fett, you know, and then you that's. You know, that's how you resolve a character. And then we can finally be done with when are we going to see Boba Fett? (laughs) Everyone got what they wanted, even in this episode, even though it's not really Boba Fett. That was an action figure play set and you know it. And, (laughs) you know, and it was great. I think I'm going to assume that Boba Fett fans can rest happy after one more episode, if that's all we get. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, I don't think there's any way that those two characters part with unresolved i think those two are the type of characters that if it's not resolved they're gonna fight to the death you know so i think either they're cool at the end of the episode or boba fett's dead but i i think i think next episode boba fett's done uh i i think either way I think we go a couple episodes before we see Ahsoka, though. I, I think she'll yeah. be maybe towards the end of the season. I think yeah. we'll probably check in with uh, the other characters, uh, with Carl Weathers and um, Cara Dune, before we yeah. check in with Ahsoka and all them. But that seems logical. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've given some ideas about where we think the next episodes might go. So we are going to wrap it up here, and we will be back uh, next. Friday. I'm just gonna I'm gonna plug it now and then I'm gonna plug it again next Friday, 6 30 p.m. Eastern live to talk about uh, chapter 10, episode two of season two. But for now, Dean, where can the people find you? Hit me up on Twitter, Dean Lewis2099, and get all your funny tweets there. That's right. all I got, guys. And get me on <laughs> SEN After Live on Wednesdays and Fridays or whatever time it is. Because I'm losing track of this stuff. We, we've just changed our clocks. You guys are going to change your clocks between now and next time we go yeah. up. I'm we not get doing an extra the maths. hour of 2020 on Sunday. Aren't you guys excited? Or aren't you excited, Wade? An extra hour of the year 2020. Right. <laughs> it's 2020's year. I'm just living in it. Yeah. <laughs> Wade, where can people find you? Uh, y'all can find me on the Twitter at jwade1134. That is the letter J W A. 
DE1134. And I'm also on SEN After Live. And I'm also on another show called Go Get That Rose uh, that you heard a uh, promo for. And also, before you do yours, uh, plug our guest. We got a guest. Yes, thank you. I I forgot. Uh, Next week, we are going to have Laura Kelly on the show. Right? Right? Okay, I didn't get it wrong. Good. Yes, Uh, Laura Kelly. You're going to have Laura Kelly on the show. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, I can't wait to talk to more people about The Mandalorian. Besides that, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK, and I do a bunch of shows. They're all in my bio. You guys can find the ads there, and you guys can find this show and others on the Merc with Movie Blog podcast feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Breaker, and Overcast. You guys can also catch the VODs on YouTube, and you guys can follow Merc with the Movie Blog on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening, and Please join us next Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, live to talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, Chapter 10, whatever it'll end up being called. But until then, see you guys next time.